0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zoop. And I'm Eric McMahon. Both Michigan basketball teams split a pair of recent games and have matchups with the top-ranked teams. Up next, the hockey team also split this past weekend, with both games going to overtime. We discuss all of that, plus a firing on the football staff, coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, going to be with you both here Tuesday morning, January 24th. Uh, as I said, we've got we've got basketball to talk about. We've got hockey games to talk about. Uh, but let's start with football. Uh, no no games to talk about. But um, they did lose a, a staff member. Um, Michigan uh, dismissed Matt Weiss, uh, co offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And and Aaron, you can kind of tell us a a little bit bit more and we can dive into what it means for this program going forward.
1: Yeah, work came down Friday afternoon. Actually, as I was taking my nap because I was sick the last week, (laughs) Uh (laughs) you didn't notice the zoo handled the story. But uh, yeah, Matt was fired on Friday afternoon by athletic director Ward-Manual. It sounds like the decision came from the top. This maybe not necessarily was Jim's decision, but it was a department-wide decision. Uh, And it clearly, it stems from the police investigation. Uh, into his activities um, inside Beckler Hall, uh, as we've reported, he's under investigation by the University of Michigan Police Department uh, for computer access crimes. Uh, we don't exactly know what that means. Um, it sounds like the police are having we're investigating reports of somebody hacking into email accounts. Uh, we don't beyond that. We don't know much. So he remains under investigation. It's important to point out at this point, Matt has not been charged with a crime. Nonetheless, he is no longer employed by the, uh, the University of Michigan. Now my um, understanding is he's going to be he was terminated for cause. Uh, it's kind of written in each coach's contract that if you're whether if you're charged with a felony or under investigation, that could you know severely impact the reputation of the university or of, of the program. You can be terminated for cause, which basically means they don't have to pay a buyout. So Matt has been terminated. He was beginning year two of his of his uh, three year current contract. Uh, he's being paid. Uh, annual salary of eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. He actually earned an additional four hundred thousand dollars in performance bonuses based on the twenty twenty two season. So he handsomely paid. Uh, he will no longer be paid by the University of Michigan, leaving his uh, obviously his future uh, you know career in doubt. Um, Going to be a very interesting time the next you know these next couple of weeks to months as we get more information of what exactly he did. Um, nonetheless, it was enough for Michigan to kind of give him the boot.
2: Did, uh, did you guys have a, a Michigan assistant getting fired for computer crimes on your off-season bingo card?
1: No. It, 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 as strange as off-season has been, no, I can't say that I did, no. <laughs>
0: yeah, we Ryan and I discussed that a little bit last week as far as, you know, we, we both went to to Google to kind of see what that could possibly be, and it, and it runs the gamut. I mean, I guess at this point, now that he's gone, um, uh, sort of regardless even if he's you know exonerated from from any of these charges like michigan's not bringing him back i don't think at this point so they'll, they'll they have an opening on the staff now they have as i mentioned he's a he was a co-offensive coordinator so sharon moore was the other one uh, he'll be back so and jim harbaugh works closely with the quarterbacks of course he always has. Nevertheless, again, there's just an opening on the staff. They're gonna they're gonna do something with that position, whether it means reshuffling and bringing someone else in elsewhere, or whatever it may be, promoting from within, and then filling that spot. I don't know, but I guess what are what are kind of the options that are that are on the table here for Michigan?
1: Yeah, there there are a lot, uh, and it's internal names. They're familiar faces. Uh, got folks that used to coach here. Um, I, I'd say right now the the front runner. Especially internally is, is a guy by the name of Kurt Campbell. Uh, he spent last season on staff as an offensive analyst. He was a former offensive coordinator at Old Dominion, um, well liked. Uh, he was in a way kind of Matt Weiss's second right hand man. Um, you know, in preparing game plans and scouting opponents, everything else. Uh, they like what he like. They like what he did. He's a younger guy, a lot of fire and a lot of potential there. I think he's got to probably be one A option option one A right now. Um, one B I think just from the outside perspective, Greg Roman, uh, former OC at the Ravens, he was just dismissed familiar with Jim. He was an offensive coordinator for Jim at the 49ers, uh, former tight ends and tackles coach for Jim at Stanford. So I I think Greg Roman, if he hasn't gotten a call by now, I expect people get a call at least asking him if he's interested. Um, and, and those kind of two options right there kind of show the different ways Jim can go here because if you do promote from within with the Kirk Campbell type guy I, I think you give the offensive coordinator reigns a play calling duty solely to Sharon Moore I don't think you necessarily need a, a co-coordinator role there um it, whereas if you bring on bring in a more established name such as a Roman um then I, I think there's obviously an opportunity there for another co-existing co-coordinator role and I, in fact I would be surprised if Roman came in and, not, and was not given you know play-calling duties. I, I, he would probably want those. He'd probably expect those. He probably would have earned those. Um, so it, it's very interesting. Other names have been thrown out there. Nick Sheridan, former quarterback at Michigan, which makes sense. He coached quarterbacks. Again, another guy you may or may not have to give play-calling duties to. Um, interesting name that I, I've heard, actually, from folks. Um, I don't know how serious this is, but it's interesting name. Steve Kasula. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator right now at UMass. Former analyst at Michigan, he worked with Josh Gaddis, former OC at Bear State. Again, another guy who come in and, and probably fill a coordinator, or excuse me, fill a, a quarterback co- coach role. Doesn't necessarily need to be a coordinator. Uh, and, and again, another young guy with with um you know some ties in the state of Michigan could probably help recruiting. So G- Jim's gonna have you know options at his disposal. He's gonna have to determine whether or not he wants an established figure who can come in and help run the offense, or a guy who can come in and Maybe provide some juice from a recruiting standpoint and just kind of fill a role. Because as you mentioned, you know, he's always worked the quarterbacks. He always will. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a matter of who you want. Do you want a mind who can come in and help with the, the offense as a whole? Or do you want someone who can kind of come in and, and play a compliment and just kind of help coach the position and help the recruiting?
2: It's funny how nowadays that a storyline for any potential coach going from the NFL to college is how can they handle NIL and recruiting? And I feel like that would be the main uh, thing with, with Greg Roman too. I mean, it's, it's a completely different landscape than, than the NFL. And yeah, I mean, he might be able to run an offense um, and, and and develop, but can he recruit? And I think that's the biggest potential knock on on Greg Roman is is recruiting. So um, I mean, Campbell's been around the program. He's young. I feel like it's, it's a young man's game right now in, in college football coaching. So um, it, it will be fascinating to see which direction Michigan goes. And yeah, like Aaron said, they they have they have quite a few potential options they, they
1: could choose. It it's a good point. And remember the last two guys they've gotten now from the Ravens, Mike McDonald, former defensive coordinator, and Matt Weiss. Co-offensive corner, weren't regarded as really good recruiters. In fact, it seemed like they were recruiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's a decision Jim would have to make. If he's happy with the way that things are going uh, from the rest of the staff from a recruiting perspective, and I think there are cases to be made for both sides there. Um, I think you can go with the old, you know, the old head, so to speak, the more established name who, who's more of a question mark from a recruiting perspective. But again, yeah, if you want inj- inject some life into recruiting and perhaps help help on that area. You might want to go younger, someone who's already in the college game and kind of understands the landscape. I will say this, Michigan hasn't landed uh,
2: not even a four-star quarterback recruit since uh, since J.J. McCarthy. So maybe uh, getting a guy that uh, is good at recruiting might be beneficial for the Wolverines, but we'll see.
0: Campbell is, is an offensive analyst. Currently, I can't remember if Aaron said that at the beginning, uh, this was his first year at Michigan, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah, that would be, um, you know, one of those many people that are kind of in that, that the, the background and not, you know, on field instruction roles, or at least not supposed to be, uh, and, and recruiting roles and all that there, are now, uh, yeah, he, he could be a name that could, that could kind of move up to the, to the actual, you know, assistant coaching staff, uh, all right, let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some some hoops. Uh, we can start with the men's team. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys want to know about this team? Uh,
2: I mean, is there any? I mean, it, what, why should the should fans be should be paying close attention to this team right now? I mean, is there any what, the coverage? The, the, the right the coverage, uh, <laughs> sensational.
0: Uh, you no, know, I know what you're getting at. It. It. it they're. They're kind of a. They they seem like a very mediocre um, Big Ten team, and the Big Ten team is the Big Ten is very mediocre overall. Um, Yeah, I mean, Jawan Howard went went out of his way. Uh, You know, I I actually I asked a question about like transition offense, and his response was that they're in second place in the Big Ten, Uh, which which they are. They are tied for second with Rutgers with a five and three record in the Big Ten. They're eleven and eight overall, and you know even now, even even the last win. Um, so since our last podcast, um, you know, they went to Maryland and they lost by six. Um, you know, the problem there was just, was defense. They could not, they could not stop the ball. Michigan, you know, Maryland just got, got a ton of points in the paint and at the rim. And they don't, it's not like they're throwing it into a, to a center. They don't, they don't really have a, a true post presence. They were just driving past and through Michigan's defense, um, you know, all night, uh, and, and Michigan, that was really, that was really the problem for Michigan in that game. Then, you know, they came home and, you know, seemed like the perfect opportunity to, to get right against, you know, uh, uh, minnesota team that only had one win in the conference um you know a oh, team that isn't
2: very good let's let's put it that way
0: <laughs> yeah and you know michigan falls behind early and has to kind of fight back and eventually you know grinds out a uh you know a a, a low scoring uh win 60 to 56 um you know they shoot 37 percent from the field they only make two three pointers um but they win the game so i mean you kind of look at that two ways you know like ugh, it was not pretty but You know, they still they still found a way to win. Um, you know, how inspiring is that, you know, going now Thursday when they host the number one team in the country, Purdue? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, you you've heard me say on this podcast before, like home field and college basketball, like it not it really wouldn't shock me if like Michigan like pulled out pulled out this win. I don't expect them to be like a a huge underdog in this game. It'll probably be like six points or something like that. Uh but yeah, there's, you know, if, if, if Purdue plays well, Michigan, Michigan's going to be in, in some serious trouble, but um, yeah, that's kind of where, where things stand right now for
1: Michigan. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second when I, cause, because when I look across the landscape of college basketball, I see a lot of parody. Like, it's not like there's a ton of great teams and maybe this is the case every now and then, but like this year, I mean, we just saw Houston go down the other day, Purdue was obviously the, the, the best of the, of the league, but like, is it plausible to think that maybe the big 10 isn't as bad as we think it is? And it's just, there's just a lot of decent teams that could beat each other on every given night. Now, look, I've, I've watched Michigan a little bit this, quite a bit this year and then I don't think they're, they're clearly not to the level of maybe some of John B best teams, but I mean, it seems like each night, every game is competitive, whether they're playing in it or it's another big 10 team. So like even if the big 10 were to get six or seven teams in the tournament, whatever the case may be, this year five, I mean, I, I get the vibe that, especially across the board, college basketball, that they could get a win. And, you know, they could get a win could happen in, in, in any given night.
0: Yeah. I mean, Purdue, like I said, is number one. There's no other, uh, big 10 team currently ranked in the top 25, but you know, there are several knocking on the door with, you know, Indiana and Rutgers and, you know, Michigan state and Illinois are getting votes, Wisconsin too. So, uh, yeah, and then and then there there's Michigan, you know, tied for second at at 5 and 3 in the league. Um, you know, they they've they've shown that potential, like you said, a lot a of, lot of close losses, you know, close 2 points to to Virginia, uh, you know, couple possessions against Kentucky and, and North Carolina. Um, so yeah, they they've they've got the ability. They've got a, you know, really good, you know, college very good college player, you know, in Hunter Dickinson um inside that, you know, a lot of teams don't have a player like that. And then, you know, they've got you know, Jet Howard looks like a potential future NBA player. Um, you know, Kobe Bufkin. Like there, there are games where if they're, you know, popping the ball around and, and making some threes, they've all got play, players capable of doing that. You know, they they can probably beat anybody. But uh, just that consistency. You know, the the defensive rebounding, the defense in general. Um, you know, it's like the foul shooting isn't particularly good. Um, you know, as, as a team, they're not they're not great. You know, at the their three point numbers are not great, but. You know, it's they they have it in them, I suppose, but um, yeah, it just hasn't been um, it hasn't really really come together. Some teams just don't quite have it, and and right now this Michigan team look looks like looks like one of those. But um, you know, we'll see if they can if they can turn things around, uh, and get a get a big chance. You know, at home against against Purdue on on Thursday, uh, the Michigan women uh they split since since our last uh, conversation as well. They went to Rutgers and and won uh, by twenty three points. Um, and then last night at Chrysler, uh, I was there, they lose to number six, Indiana, 92 to 83, you know, they fell behind early and, and we're just kind of playing catch up, uh, all night.
2: Yeah. You can't really do that. A team like a team against Indiana who, uh, only had one loss on the, year.
0: right? Exactly. I mean, and they, they, they are very balanced offensively. They got a dominant center in Mackenzie Holmes and then a lot of, a lot of shooters around her. Um, and that's what they did. You know, Michigan, they said after the game, they basically had a couple lapses early, let Indiana get comfortable. And then their confidence grew. And, um, you know, then they just started picking them apart. So, you know, Michigan made a little push. They got it, they got it to six there in the fourth quarter, but, um, you know, could never, you know, quite, quite get over that hump. Um, and and even when Indiana was was missing shots, they were often getting it back, um and you know, putting it in. So uh defensive rebounding a major problem for for Michigan in this game. Hasn't really been a problem all season. So I don't know, this was a tough one, but uh like he, he's still protecting home court is so huge because now they gotta go to number ten Maryland on Thursday and then you know, a road game at, at Minnesota on Sunday. So um the schedule doesn't get in any easier. They still they still go to uh Indiana, um, you know, Wisconsin at the end of the year. Like uh, you know, the the chance at at the program's first ever, you know, Big Ten regular season title, um, not slipping away by any means, but, you know, Indiana just the one conference loss. Um, you know, Ohio State the same, um, you know, Iowa ahead of them in the standings. Uh it's 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 an uphill climb for Michigan now, especially after that, that home loss last night. But um program still in very good shape, looking like, you know, potentially hosting an NCAA tournament game again.
2: Yeah. I mean, Aaron mentioned that on the men's side, that the Big Ten seems to be down this year with only one ranked team. And then you look at the women and they're, I mean, I don't think there's ever been this many teams considered... Quality teams nationally, yeah. like like this year. I mean, there's some like actually potentially na- national title contenders. I mean, Ohio State's number two in the country this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It, well, at least final four contenders. Absolutely, you got you know five of them. I mean, Michigan, Michigan ranked 13 in the country. Um, you know, and they they got four team, four Big Ten teams ahead of them in the standings. So, um, yeah, and and Illinois is ranked two. Um, so so yeah, there's there's definitely uh, on the women's side the league is is far better. Uh. Than, than on the men's side, and um yes, could be has several teams with chances of making uh deep tournament runs. um all right, like we said, we've got uh we've got some hockey to talk as well. Uh, I mean, I remember, you know, last week we were talking about how about how often they were just kind of splitting these um, you know, series since, since big Ten play began, uh, and that was the case again. Um, you know, this weekend at Minnesota, uh, three, a four to three overtime loss on Friday and a five to four overtime win on Saturday. Uh, but, but Zook take us beyond those, uh, you know, basic results.
2: Yeah. I mean, in in some, some series, yeah, you, you want to sweep and you expect to sweep, but going on the road at Minnesota, the number two team in the country that has already built a pretty big lead in the big 10 you got to be pretty happy with the split. I mean, it's. I mean, it, this were two. If you like fast transition, rush teams, going, going back, to trading chances back and forth. I mean, that's what it was like this weekend. Two entertaining games uh, on Olympic size ice, which is, is a little bit wider than than the normal rink. Um, and yeah, I mean, Michigan needed to to come away with at least one win, and, and they did. They blew a late lead both games in the final five minutes of both games, allowing the tying goal. Um, lost. In the final ten seconds of overtime on on Friday, and they once again, they always seem to bounce back on Saturday and come back with a split and and one uh, pretty early into overtime on Saturday and. Uh, unfortunately, it, it seems like it, it might have come with a with a price. Uh, I was at practice yesterday to to talk with Coach Brandon Norado, and um, not on the ice was Jacob Truscott, one of their top defensemen, uh, a Vancouver Canucks draft pick, and Mackie Samostevic, one of their top forwards, a first round pick last year. Um, both were were hit from behind in in Saturday's game. Samostevic did not return. Truscott was the one that scored the game winning goal. Um, But yeah, both were not at practice, and Narado basically said, yeah, I don't know if they're out for a day or for the rest of the year. So he didn't really sound optimistic about their availability moving forward, and kind of the injury list just continues to grow for this team. I mean, even before the year, one of their first-round picks, Frank Frank Nazar, uh, hasn't played at all this year, and there's no timetable for his return. They haven't been able to dress a full lineup at times this year because they've either sickness or, or injuries and right now they're down to 12 healthy forwards and seven healthy defensemen on a 24 uh 27 player roster which includes the three goalies so basically 24 skaters so uh I mean there's top 10 they moved up to number seven one spot from from the previous week and they're six in the big 10 right now out of seven teams but they are still only nine points away from second place and and with three points for every regulation win and two games in a hand in hand, there's definitely opportunity for them to move up. I don't think anyone's catching Minnesota, but, um, it's sure to be, it's, it's, it's been a challenging year for, for coach Narado in his first year with the
0: program. The, uh, the injury talk and being able to see practice reminds me of course that, uh, you know, Jed Howard got got injured for for the men in, in their last game and missed. You know, the he came out with a couple minutes left in the in the first half and and didn't return. Um, unclear what his his status is is going forward. We'll um, you know maybe get a better answer tomorrow when we're able to talk to some players and coaches. But uh, you know, didn't have the opportunity to stop by practice and <laughs> and, and, and see for myself. But uh, okay, yeah. So what's uh, what's what's on tap for for hockey this weekend? I see they host uh, Penn State. Host
2: Penn State, yeah, I mean an, another quality team. Uh, r- number six in the country. I mean four team, four Big Ten teams in the top eight nationally. Uh, a very deep league this year, and yeah, I mean, l- and earlier in the season, uh, at Penn State, Michigan looked awful in the opener, losing three three to nothing, and then won four to three in overtime on on the following night. So again, it's this Jekyll and Hyde thing that they have on these weekend series. They come out seemingly flat every Friday. And then come back on Saturday and, and earn a split. I mean, since mid-November, uh, I think they're yeah, zero and five on uh, on Friday nights and, and uh, four and one on Saturday nights. So it's they got to find a way to to be uh, a more complete team and and come out better on on the opening nights of series. But um, still, I mean, you can't complain about a a top ten ranking with uh, given all the circumstances that they have had to deal with this year even off the ice
0: all right well yes uh, for continued coverage of uh, all these sports uh, mlive.com slash wolverines is your place
1: thanks for listening